Alex saw this and, and we became friends and he's like, um, pretty much, I got a cool idea and uh, mm-hmm. I get a great offer. Let's uh, let's work together. We can be really poor for a long time and do something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> gifts, bad back, bad knees, maybe a bad mind somewhere. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so supporting, supporting veterans and supporting active duty military um, and enlistees is very important for a lot of reasons. Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland, and I am thrilled that you are here again, or maybe you're here for the first time. So if you are here for the first time, be sure to go back and listen to our first episode with Alex Van Allen, creator and founder of New Swarm and inventor of Fling Golf. If you haven't listened to that, please uh, be sure to do so. It's quite, quite the treat. Now, before we get into today's episode with Steve Bloom, uh, here's a few items I wanted to uh share with you before we get going. Number one, uh, if you could go and give this podcast a five-star rating on whichever app you're listening to, that'd be incredibly helpful. Uh, Also feel free to leave a review. I'm quite overwhelmed with the fact that this podcast has been listened to in at least eight countries and more than 30 states and territories in the U.S. already. So let's keep the momentum going and your ratings and reviews will definitely contribute to more people finding out about this podcast. Second, uh, be sure to check out the links in the episode description, including links to the Players Club Facebook group, where you'll find some of the most enthusiastic and kind folks on the planet who happen to be awesome fling golf players as well. There's also links to the Virginia Fling Golf Open and to ESPN uh, to watch the episode featuring the new Swarm Open. If you do go to ESPN, you will need a cable sign-in to be able to watch that, but I'll provide that uh, in the description as well. And finally, I'm happy to report that this remains the number one fling golf podcast in the country. So you're in the right place to learn more about the sport, about its players, and about uh, origins uh, and everything fling golf. Uh, forthcoming episodes are chock full of great info, insights, and I'll dare say some hilarity. Uh, I can't wait to share those with you. I'm really looking forward uh, to that. I'm also considering doing a possible live stream special uh, coming up in September. So if that's something that you'd be interested in, leave me a note in the contact section of the website, fotfpod.com. That's fotfpod.com. Now for today's guest, Steve Bloom is the current VP at New Swarm. Steve and I had a fun chat a few weeks ago talking about quite the range of subjects. One of the things that I think Steve does so well, which is also emblematic of the fling golf community in my perspective, is how quickly he shares the love. You're going to hear a lot of names of fellow fling golfers in today's episode, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the personal touch that New Swarm has uh, it starts at the top and spreads throughout the community. You can also hear that when I spoke with Alex last week, so um, I am promise you I'm not giving lip service to that. It really is uh, authentic. Uh, Steve's also incredibly smart. I loved hearing him talk about the design process, the many, many different tests that they've gone through, iterations um, of the fling stick to get it to where it is today. Uh, And finally, I really like Steve's sense of humor, and I think you will too. So wherever, whenever, and however you are listening, thank you for being here. Let's jump right into episode two with Steve Bloom. Well, I'm just going to say it's been it's it's been pretty fun as uh, you know it's 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 hard for people to get the backstory on on something 
uh, I guess this unique, uh, what, you know, mm-hmm. um, what was the, what was the, the, the catalyst or, or the reason for, for starting this company is always a, is always a big topic conversation. What were we thinking? Um, well, that's a really, really hard question to answer because we have no idea what we were thinking. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a, it, it's a, it's kind of crazy. So, um, Alex, the founder, you've met Al mm-hmm. uh, many times, and 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 he's, uh, you know, he he's had this thing growing in his head many for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know, we're we're both golfers. He's a he's really we're all ex golfers now. That's the truth, right? And, right. You know, when, you know, growing up, we tried to have a lot of fun. And, and what happened is we, we were at a certain point in time where, where as he was thinking about this and he started developing a prototype and getting some information about this company thing, um, I was running around doing, doing some management consulting and, okay. and just having a great thing with small businesses in, in this area of the Northeast. And he came to one of my... Um, one of my seminars, basically, and we, we were telling companies how to automate and what they need to do to really begin to grow because we saw the writing on the wall that operational costs were continuing to grow. Things get very expensive. So how can companies achieve a certain amount of automation, especially when they're just starting out? And and Alex saw this and, and we became friends and he's like, um, pretty much, I got a cool idea and... Uh, Mm-hmm. I get a great offer. Let's uh, let's work together. We can be really poor for a long time and do something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's kind of how how this stuff started, and and uh, you know it's been just about uh, just over eight years now since we we formally okay. launched the company. That's awesome. Okay, so he he showed up at one of your uh, one of your seminars, and so that was the first interaction y'all had had. Right, 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 and uh, and you know, there's a lot of caution, and and it's like you know, let's can you write a business plan? We wrote a business plan. Mm-hmm. Can you help me get some advisors? We got some advisors, and we started doing all these things, and 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 basically, is the way I used to call it. It's like when you're building a wall, you got to put in one brick at a time, knowing that eventually you may have to remove a couple of bricks. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of a lot of metaphors for how you grow a business. And, and we knew things were going to change after year one, after year three, after year five, and things continue to evolve. That's just kind of the nature of what we've been doing. Um, the key here is to, to always get along, especially when you're, when you're friends and your partners. And, yeah. and the cool part about all this is um, uh, his son is the same age as my son, and they happen to go to school together. So oh, they wow. are absolutely their BFFs and, and, you know, and they were at the event and uh-huh, they've uh-huh. been helping us. They've been helping us pretty much from day one. And, uh, we like to call our, this is a family company. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really is. A, it, I think it's really uh, very much a family community. Um, I think that, uh, I know that one of the things that was so great about the event was getting to meet so many people face to face after having been engaged with folks online, um, for, uh, for, for me, it had been a little bit over a year uh, since since finding that. But I know that there have been some guys um, and girls who had been uh, connected for uh, for several years. And some had met in person, some had not. Um, but, uh, I, you know, kudos to you all for, um, for helping lay a really solid foundation on, uh, on that open, engaging, fun, like we're all in this together 
uh, framework uh, for the for the players club community. Yeah, the community the community has been if we had to describe and and validate what a grassroots organization a grassroots company is this takes the cake i mean everything has been from going to going to venues like lacrosse tournaments or 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 different kind of trade shows and really can continue to build the awareness and by doing that it's just allowed us to meet thousands of people over the years and, and people are phenomenal it's been they're the core they've really helped mm-hmm. us grow um you know uh, we, we can't be everywhere at once. So effectively, every player is our ambassador. That's what mm-hmm. we, we still say that today. And, and that's the truth. I mean, we get passion players and, and, and it's something that's not easy to do. When you're first starting out and you're trying to do this, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, those videos look really cool. And then you're just like, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> so we, we, we really appreciate it. You know, the people who have stuck with it and they, and they continue to play and, it just it's fantastic and mm-hmm. and we love the fact that people play on a regular basis you know you you know, you know obviously sean and we call him the the grandfather of the liberation right. army <laughs> <laughs> well i so i live uh living in harrisonburg and being you know 25 minutes from massanet uh it was great to to meet sean and, and talk to him but um he 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 told me that he had found it uh when he visited massanet through a uh, timeshare that that he had and um and he's oh yeah I, I liberated all those courses around where you live and i was like you're the one because when when we when my family and i found <laughs> it we went to the map i was like wait how who who's playing around here i mean it was uh so it was fun to to, to meet him and find out that he's yeah the one-man liberation army he's uh, he's fantastic i mean he's just he's played oh, so many <laughs> rounds and he, he's you know he he's just uh not only like everybody else, such a nice guy, but uh, really has a, a keen perspective on innovating. Um, I, I love the uh, the fling clips uh, that he designed and uh, and set up. That's been uh, it's been great. Uh, you know, especially you know, again, the more things the the fling stick itself is a great conversation starter. Um, but then having something like <laughs> just that little clip uh, and driving people like, what are you, what are you doing? What is this? Uh, it's a great uh, great opening and. Um, uh, it really, uh, I think, just uh, allows uh, allows even more people to find out um, about about the great sport. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's exactly it. We we've, we've, we've been very much aware that we're trying to do a little bit of that parallel in terms of more of a traditional uh, a software entity that we want to open source our growth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That <clears throat> you have many people, many brands that really want to control everything about it. It's a, you know, you can't look at the NFL. The NFL is all about control. Right, right. That's not who we want. We want we want people to take it and run with it and have fun with it. That's uh, that's that is the key. And you know, our big thing we have a <clears throat> we have a lot of research and 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 time and engineering and mm-hmm. you know and, and building you know building relatively small company. But there's a lot that goes into in, into the the product evolution and the company growth and everything else like that. It's um, I'm sure everybody, I'm sure you know, if you think, you know, what you see is the tip of the iceberg. You right, never right. see what's underneath the water ever, ever. And that's well, a, that was one of the, I, I loved, we, you and I got to have a, a couple of really nice conversations on Friday night before the event. Um, and, uh, and then uh, through the weekend too, but uh, let's get into the uh, innovation aspect. Cause I think that that seems to be something that you're really keyed in on and involved with um, what, you know, 
what brought you to that background? How have, uh, how did you get that assignment or did you volunteer into that? I mean, you know, talk a little bit about uh, the, the prototypes and uh, just the, the, I love the, the number of hours of uh, finding the right glue for the striker pad um, <laughs> onto the fling stick. Yeah. Um, so um, this, this is kind of interesting. So we, Pretty much, um, we had a pretty good working prototype. Alex had gone through a lot of steps to, to, to get this design. Um, I would say pretty close to, we were about 75, 80% in mm-hmm. terms of, in terms of, we weren't quite at a minimal viable product. You, we've all okay. heard that term before, mm-hmm. so we can go to market. Um, our first designs were very industrial looking. They actually had a, you know, an unfinished carbon fiber shaft, and you could actually see the windings. It looked awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, we tried to mimic a bunch of things, and people, you know, people say, "Well, it's a lacrosse shaft," and that's actually no. Actually, what it is, it's a, it's, it's more of a highly engineered golf shaft, even more mm-hmm. than many golf shafts. So, we we looked at all that stuff, and and the cradle. Even though, even though we both have a little bit of a lacrosse background, the cradle is more aligned with a sport called high lie, if people remember high oh, okay. lie. And it's really cool. It's when people would take a long basket around your arm. It's called a sesta. And mm-hmm. they would whip this ball all over this court. And huh. some people still remember that sport. It's interesting. If, you know, if you search for it online, but you'll look at it and it's pretty interesting. So over the prototyping phases, and we have some uh, good videos and, and pictures on the website that people can find on, on the evolution of this product, almost mm-hmm. like, you know, the evolution of mankind, the uprising <laughs> and right. to where we are now, it's the same thing of where our prototypes have come through. And um, we, you know, some of the hard challenges were deciding on the materials, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the engineering of the product. And, and early on, we, we were definitely, we knew we wanted to do a very high quality product. We wanted it to be all carbon fiber mm-hmm. or mostly carbon fiber because the, the, in engineering terms, the tensile strength of that material is, is it's just going to survive a long time. And, and that's, that was our, our, our key part here. Um, so we also had something, our first iteration of the, the fling golf head. Um, the fling golf head, the first one actually, the inside part is exactly the same. That hasn't changed mm-hmm. pretty much. I would say maybe a few percentages here or there. <clears throat> but the outside of the head was, you, would, you wouldn't really hit the golf ball. You would push the golf ball, almost mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. uh, a gentle hockey pass one way mm-hmm. or the other. So there's no slap shot. And, and people loved that because it was so accurate because the ball would sit inside this mini. This um, little notch that was uh, perfectly little formed. Notch, exactly. Yeah. And you probably saw some of it. So you could literally push the ball and it was, the accuracy was, was astounding. You could sink mm-hmm. it from, you could probably sink it from 20 yards. And because it was such a straight line, you didn't need any, any marking or anything else like that. Mm-hmm. But for us to really grow and, and start targeting like a traditional golfer, the feedback was crystal clear. We had to do something that was a little closer to a more of a traditional putt, even though we're not golf. <laughs> we right, say that right. we're, we're not golf. And then people wanted something that was more of that putting experience. So mm-hmm. this was a little bit of the challenge. At the same time, we were trying to figure out what is this putting experience going to be for a small company to be able to radically change their engineering is the costs are astronomical. People mm-hmm. who don't understand the engineering costs with, you know, 
molding technologies and 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 trying to do all these things um, mm-hmm. while at the same time growing and and managing a bunch of bunch of other aspects that happen. Uh, so <clears throat> we decided for our next iteration, what is more important, putting a bottle opener on the back of the head, which is very important, obviously. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if you've only got one stick, you've got, you know, you, you want to be able to have it as a, an all-in-one, literally, for, right, for you, everything right. you need. Right, you have to be... <laughs> You got to be prepared for everything on the course. So, so uh, yeah, we looked at different ideas like that, and then we we decided what is the putting experience going to be, and from from the from the feedback challenges and and the engineering things that we had to do, we knew we could only increase the weight a little bit mm. of the head. Mm. And that was because you don't want to be flinging something that's actually four or five extra ounces. Or our whole brand is, is to some degree, we're growing and, and, and predicating it on the growth of this as being, uh, being one stick does, right. does it all. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that's really important. And, and we didn't want to, people come back saying, oh, this is now too heavy. Even it's not very heavy. Right. So right. We, we designed something that was going to be similar to the first the first stick iteration, but at the same time, allowing people to um, learn this all this mm-hmm. whole new technique. The striker pad itself is a marvel, and there this is incredible. It's not designed to mimic a putter. It's a whole different technique, and it really, it's about control, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of like golf in a certain sense, but this is a different sport. So it's what is your technique? How are you going to control it? You're going to hold it this way, like a pendulum, or you're going to mm-hmm. hold it next to your body, like people called it the sidecar. Are you going to pick it up and do something that doesn't even require the striker pad, like a bunt motion, or mm-hmm. or, or whatever whatever terminology has come? We actually knew this that people were going to invent their own shots, and we loved that. Yeah. We never ever thought about like a trebuchet type shot coming around. That's <laughs> right, really cool. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. So people have come up with all these really interesting things. I mean, we've done the flicks, we've done behind the backs, so we've, mm-hmm. we've done really amazing stuff. And that's all part of allowing people to be very creative. Granny shots between the legs. It's, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. have a great time with it. That's the whole concept of what this amazing product can do. And, and the striker pad was really meant to help evolve all of that. Mm-hmm. The feedback also became clear that people still wanted more weight. They wanted the putting experience. We, I wouldn't say we we, we took it from 90% to 95. We probably took it from like 90% to 92 or 93%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they still wanted this weight. We tried every kind of metal, everything from heavy nickel to aluminum to steel, different lengths, different sizes, and you couldn't mimic the weight of a traditional putter mm-hmm. and that was the hard part the the head is hollow not it's not a solid um mm-hmm. a solid item and and we tell people they got to trust us and people have asked us and we've shown them dozens and dozens and dozens of prototypes yeah. and and how this feels and so over the course of time the 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 striker pad has evolved and 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 that's a specialized material to we were very proud that um, as we were designing that, um, it's a special kind of neoprene rubber, but it's a, a closed cell. I won't get into the boring parts of engineering <laughs> that 
this material, uh, the way that we designed it, and then ultimately worked with um, a company called 3M. They're an adhesive company people mm -hmm. have heard about. Um, so working with one of the engineers at 3M, we were able to create this, this pretty amazing piece of technology and product. And the pad is a technological marvel. As a result of the stuff that we did, the military now uses the same kind of specifications for oh, wow. the stuff that they need. Very proud of the feedback that we got from how we designed this. Um, the pad was designed to be all weather, survive a long time, mm -hmm. incredibly durable, and people have seen that also. And, and you know, it's just not another piece of rubber. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So... Um, we knew we needed a little weight. The question is, how is it gonna? How is it gonna do? So, we've seen some of the people. We we tried different kind of inserts. Um, uh, another player by the David, uh, David Day had tried a different kind of insert. Mm -hmm. So, giving credit where credit was due. Other, um, I don't remember if it was if it was Big Cat or or Big Wheel, but a couple of different players tried um, like metal shot. And all mm -hmm. of this, we mm -hmm. kind of knew that all of these were good ideas, but we didn't have, um, we didn't have this true product or product-sized um, item that could mm -hmm. look like it is designed that way. I mean, yeah, we could wrap something in duct tape. It was awesome for those of us who were just yeah, you know, yeah. hack players for the most part. So we were doing stuff, and it's like, oh, what about a koozie? Like, okay. <laughs> All right, that's a step in the right direction. That's uh, we'll call that an alpha, and and we started researching, you know, a little bit more and what we can do, and 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 we designed something, sort of right on the other side of this cube. We were designing something, mm -hmm. and it came together. And you know, the strange part, it took a lot of cubes, a cues from something called just like a koozie, but it's actually a a a, a popsicle holder like a koozie for thin oh my for kids <laughs> right and we started explore, exploring all of that and, and and we started tweaking the design a little bit because we needed the flaps and we needed a few other things and and when we were ready we're like this is pretty awesome holds two golf balls it gets us to the the, the weight that we need mm -hmm. and and if people want to put something heavier they have a mm -hmm. pouch. Now this pouch will work perfectly. So um, we had a little bit of fun doing all of that. And, and, and again, that took us even further in terms of the, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, 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 procket, the, the product that everybody sees today, mm -hmm. which is pretty mm -hmm. cool. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. future of the fairway podcast is brought to you by the virginia fling golf open hosted in harrisonburg virginia october 21st through 23rd one weekend two courses singles play team play skills challenge if you participate in the new swarm classic you know how much fun it is to be around this community of fling golfers and compete against each other if you didn't get the chance to make it to lewis delaware this is a great opportunity to test your skills and game against the top fling golfers this time in virginia Registration is just around the corner for this October event. Go to flingvalley.squarespace.com to find out more information. That's flingvalley.squarespace.com to find out more information and add yourself to the mailing list for the Virginia Fling Golf Open. And now back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. Golf is a hard sport. Um, so let's take it a step back and say really what the cool thing is. Um, 
the military stuff and the veterans and you're in gear. I'm an ex-combat soldier. I lost my hearing in the military. One of my gifts, bad back, bad knees, maybe a bad mind somewhere. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so supporting supporting veterans and supporting active du- duty military um, and enlistees is very important for a lot of reasons. Being able for them to get out and just get the vitamin D and experience something a little different. They may not want to golf. They may want to feel like they need to be more active, faster pace of play, something that's maybe both technical, but at the same time, not exceptionally time consuming. This, you know, fling golf kind of fits the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a lot with, with, with the Air Force military golf courses. Somebody who wasn't at this recent event, uh, Dave Roberts, has been mm-hmm. instrumental in helping us grow. And Dave is a great character also. Um, we know there's a good fit. Um, so it's not just for veterans with disabilities. Right, right. We've, we've played with other paragolfers. Para, paragolfer, mm-hmm. there's a special kind of chair that lifts the golfer up a little higher. We've played with wheelchair athletes as well. And the interesting part is there are a couple of different things. There's a, a short stick approach to playing the game, which you can just kind of pick it up and you get a scoop on the end, pick up the golf ball and throw it. And, you know, a lot of these players have great upper body strength as well mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. reason and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get that ball pretty quickly to a 100 and 120 yards if not further so that's fantastic now they can get out and they can play and they can get their vitamin d and they can have a little bit of fun and and not be constrained with some other aspects of, of you know carrying a large golf bag with all this other all these other things called uh, golf clubs that's it and so <laughs> <laughs> so Again, our goal is not to replace or displace golf right. or golfers. We're really an adjunct to something that people will play on a golf course. It's just like snowboarding to skiing. You look at that. Mm-hmm. There's a sport for everyone, and people struggle with golf. There are people who are great at golf. I was a bad hack golfer. I mean, maybe in my best years, I, I, was a, um, I had a handicap of 12. And I'm like, oh. I don't have the time for this. And kids are born. I don't have five right. hours. Right. right. And, you know, I've kind of taught my kids to play golf as well because of the technical aspects, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they, they just want to play fun golf. They love fun yeah. golf and they're yeah. going to play, you know, they'll play, they're, they're not going to reject any sport. They're going to play mm-hmm. lacrosse. Mm-hmm. They're going to play soccer. Um, what's that other highly active addictive sport? Oh yeah. Darts, um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Frisbee, disc golf. So we're trying to, we're, you know, as, as parents, all the three partners here, Alex, John, myself, we just, we want to embrace it. We want to offer something else for people. Um, and it doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a great player or if you have any type of disability, just get out there and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what, uh, what's one of your favorite shots uh, with a fling stick? Oh, what, I'm sorry. What's one of your favorite shots uh, with the fling stick? What do you find yourself? Or, or the favorite, or, uh, just, yeah, just a favorite. I think Alex can still throw it the furthest. He's uh, he he can hit he can hit about two hundred yards. Um, I can probably I can probably get to about one hundred and eighty with with my you know I have a um, I don't use the fifty one inch ballistic like some of the bigger players. On mm-hmm. um, I'm only I'm only five eight on a good day early in the morning, um, <laughs> wearing heels, right? <laughs> so. So the 49-inch ballistic seems to 
seems to be my go-to stick in terms of mm -hmm. the head speed and, and whatnot. And I can get about 180 yards um, out of that one. Um, I don't, um, I like, I like the modified over the shoulder, kind of a little more of an angle, almost like a modified baseball swing where you're going mm -hmm. a little higher. Um, that works for me in terms of, in terms of positioning uh, and placement of the golf ball on, on, on the course. I love to load a high, uh, mm -hmm. but the load a high, load a high is very challenging. It can take six months of just practicing to kind of get that release point just yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, another way of doing it is just kind of going back from way back and flicking it up straight up and, mm -hmm. and having a massively high trajectory. You're not going to get the same distance as a load of high, probably, um, yeah. but it offers similar results as well. Yeah. Um, and there are different ways of doing it. You can kind of do like a modified, can't show you here, a granny shot where you're taking you're taking it and you're flicking the ball from between your legs, almost like shooting a granny, mm -hmm. shooting a granny shot in a basketball. People, you know, We'll see some of people try that a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just really about, again, practicing, having fun, developing your own technique. At the same time, as people know and have gotten accustomed to, foot placement and mm, the whole mm -hmm. coordination of the way you do things is key. In other words, you can't just stand still and do a motion. You, know, right. you can certainly do that like a tomahawk-type throw. That's going to work, or my wife liked to call it the Peter Gabriel, also known as the Sledgehammer. And... <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the first one that uh, that me and my family did uh, was that that tomahawk, and I felt it in my uh, my hamstring just because it it, all, it restrains you from going forward. And I was like, "This is right. so." Then we got out, and watched some of the videos, and uh, my uh, my wife and kids love to say. Dad made us only do this because I, I I thought if Latham was going <laughs> to try to sideswipe it, I was like, "There's no telling where this is going to go." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so this is kind of like that whole not in the direction of lacrosse because mm -hmm. the cross players have developed that ability to you know they're 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 constantly in motion, so their mm -hmm. their feet they're turning things, and the next sport, hockey. Hockey mm -hmm. players also do this. They're constantly moving their feet at the same time, twisting their body. They have that, those, almost that natural multi-movement coordination for doing mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So it, it's very athletic. And they know that if you're going to be aiming this way, you need to turn your feet either on skates or, or right. in, in cleats a certain way as well. And, and that's, uh, that's pretty important, especially if you're doing sidearm shots, as you know, your, mm -hmm. your feet are going to turn more towards like two o'clock or three o'clock to get the right direction of release point versus mm -hmm. if you're aiming straight ahead, feet forward, stick forward, the ball is going to go straight ahead. It's, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, what, uh, how, how frequently do you get to play? Uh, how often? I'm sorry. How yeah. How frequent, how often are you, are you, you know, getting unfortunately to play? right now? Not, um, <laughs> Not as much as we would like. I, I probably am only getting out there maybe, I'd say once a month at this point, mm -hmm. and and that's definitely not enough. Uh, it it's just one of those things. Um, we do a lot of play stuff inside our our manufacturing space here. We get, okay. we get about yeah you know, 2,500 square feet of manufacturing, um, which is pretty interesting because people don't know that we actually make every stick here in this location behind me. We build oh, every fantastic! Stick and we. Yeah, and we ship everything out of Massachusetts, and mm -hmm. and so everything is done 
by us, which is pretty amazing. And so we do have a little playtime here in this facility. We have a, you know, we have putting areas and, and testing out new cool things. And mm -hmm. it allows us to kind of do some prototyping here. Um, you know, we recently got a, another question about a collapsible uh, fling stick. Yeah, yeah. And right, right. And we've, and we have tried, we have three or four different kind of prototypes, but there's a, there's a different kind of challenge with engineering that because as you know, if you're putting a lot of torque on throwing something, mm -hmm. those connections need to be solid. And yeah. otherwise the vibration's gonna the vibration's gonna weaken those different the different connectors and, and we try different things and, yeah. and well, uh, I would guess the the aim's gonna be a lot more challenging uh, or, or less consistent uh, over time. Yeah, exactly. In, in other words, you could you could throw it but you're you you're gonna have to really ease up on, on the amount of strength that you use with you know, any version of the collapsible stick that we end up end up doing. But, you know, for people who are listening, we're we're it's we've been working on something for five and a half, six years now. And and mm. if you're really interested, call us and I'll give you a little <laughs> heads up. If and if you can help us, it's even better. <laughs> even, it, well, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's one of the great things about taking that open source approach is um, it's not necessarily new ideas, but uh, new connections with folks uh, who may be able to um, uh, to help or, or, or find ways to uh, to add something uh, to this uh, growing game. No, oh, we love that. Yeah, love that. Thank you, thank you, people. Yeah, call me with great ideas. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about the um, uh, the connection with ESPN and how that uh, kind of came to be. What was the um, what was the driving force? Uh, what made what made uh, this past May uh, of 2022, the right time to try to uh, put together a, a competition. Wow. All right. So, so a lot has happened since last May of 2021. Um, mm -hmm. I won't talk about the whole Shark Tank thing here. And maybe we'll save that for Alex or John to talk about it mm -hmm. another time. But uh, as a result of, as a result of being on Shark Tank, there's obviously there's a, there's an increase in the player base. There's global player base, um, people who have seen us on different commercials on social mm -hmm. and the shark tank has given a lot of validation to, to our growth. The fact that, you know, we, we got a deal on shark tank and, and things are good and there are more people playing. Uh, so one of the producers at ESPN had seen, had seen one of our, one of our social commercials, the stuff that we run okay. on. I don't mm -hmm. remember if it was on Instagram. I think it was on IG. And he's like, this is kind of cool. This is definitely not cornhole. So kind of yeah. thing and, and, and reached out and things started coming together and we're like, Oh, really? Oh, come on. No. <laughs> you know, so after the double take or triple take, we're, we're like, Oh, okay. And it didn't take us very long. If I said not very long, a couple of days at the very most to say, mm -hmm. we're going to make this work. And, and, reaching out to the player base and seeing the opportunity. And there are so many people said, yeah, have it at my facility, have it at my facility, right, have it right. at my facility. Oh my gosh. That was so endearing to us. And that's what we want to do. The, 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 the reception towards at a certain location to play this is, is great. That was actually mm -hmm. the hardest choice that we had. It we oh, knew that sure. people were going to want to fly in from all over the country. And we're like, Oh my gosh, where are we going <laughs> to, how is this right, going to happen? Right. And uh, so we didn't have a long time to pull this off um, and, you know, organizing the event and, 
and getting Austin involved was a miracle. And, mm-hmm. and that the, the fact that he and his team could actually help us from the logistics standpoint and making that happen is he will forever be not just in our hearts, but mm-hmm. maybe other parts of our body also. We won't talk about that. <laughs> so, so I know we know <laughs> we know he couldn't control the weather. He tried his best, mm-hmm. but everything worked out beautifully. And, it did, and uh, yeah, they were incredibly. The course was well maintained and ready to go. Um, the I, I think the you know it was a, a little bit warm, but considering. It, it wasn't raining considering it wasn't uh, frigid or uh, you know, they'd had some, some really tough weather a week or two before um, it, it turned out really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. It was, it was great. Um, you know, so we're working right now with ESPN to kind of get the, um, and the videographers that were there, we're trying mm-hmm. to bring the stuff together. <clears throat> um, we're doing a lot of the editing and the final cuts here to make sure it's going to be okay. ready to air. Um, we're also thrilled thrilled that the stuff that we've been keeping them in the loop and sending them uh they're loving everything that we're giving them because of the excitement and 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 some of the cool stuff and again i don't want to i i don't want to preempt anything right now or give anything away but well that's fine because this this will we won't we won't air this until after uh it's been shown uh, for that. Yeah, people are going to love love some of the stuff, and and there's a massive nod in John's direction. John is mm. uh, John has become a creative force and an and an, an editing maestro at oh, this point great. in the last couple of weeks, and 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 I hope you get to interview him because he's an interesting character with a background. Mm-hmm. He's also mm-hmm. a he's a former lawyer. And oh, okay. We don't. T- yeah, we don't talk about that because we have a bucket full of lawyer jokes. But that's for a different, a different conversation. <laughs> hey, my, my dad. A, my dad went to law school after my uh, youngest sister graduated from high school. So he was fifty years old and did night school for three years and uh, is now a public defender. So um, he, I, I'm very, very familiar and close to a lot of lawyer jokes. And um, the fun part <laughs> is that, which ones are true yeah, and which yeah. ones apply to different types of lawyers, oh. right? Right, right. So he's been he's been he's been a phenomenal, phenomenal partner for a lot of reasons also. And 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 the fact that he has not just the diverse the, the you know, the, the management background, that mm-hmm, he's a very mm-hmm. methodical individual, the way that we're getting this stuff done, bringing it together. Um, you know, we have some great, really great partner balance here uh, yeah, in the company. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> what, what was it for you? Was it one thing or was it a handful of things that made you? take that risk. You mentioned earlier, uh, you and Alex were like, Hey, let's go and not make a bunch of, a bunch of money together. <laughs> let's go and start this. <laughs> right, what, <laughs> right. So what did you see? Yeah. Um, so I've done a bunch of startups before. I'm okay. relatively fortunate. I used to be a, uh, a global product guy for some high okay. tech, some software companies. So, uh, I've, I've traveled the world, met lots of interesting people and mm-hmm. let them play with software. So, you know, overall, um, uh, I would say I, I, I did pretty good mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in product management and in the, in the software industry, but it wasn't who I am as my core. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been I, way early on. I was a, something called a biomedical engineer. I, I designed okay. medical equipment. That was a lot of fun. So I really wanted to bring a different kind. I wanted to go back a little more to my roots in terms of startup, growing something entirely different, something yeah, that is, yeah. something that is so, how do we say in the Northeast, wicked awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> you 
So have a little bit of fun with something entirely different. That was, yeah. that's a major appeal. And, and, and this is not easy. Again, new sport, new products, new yeah. game. It's just incredible. It's a, you know, they, they talk about the experience. They talk about the journey. People say all these things. And, and that's really what this is. It's, it's trying a lot of different things to, to make something much bigger than yourself work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> did you, uh, were you uh, in biomedical engineering uh, in undergrad, grad school? What, 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 what kind of yeah. set you on that path originally? Uh, yeah. So, so I had, um, I, I had actually been doing biomedical engineering. I worked at a hospital as a, okay. as a clinical engineer maintaining hospital equipment and through, you know, almost kind of like that night school thing and day school and combining all these things. Um, uh, electronic engineer, mechanical mm-hmm. engineer, biomedical engineer, designed some, you know, some pretty cool stuff, uh, you know, related to EEGs, ECGs, EKGs, and, and, okay. and all that. Loved that. Loved the patient care element. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I designed, I, so first floor into this thing called uh, the internet. Maybe people heard of it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyhow, Google. We can do another, another uh, <laughs> uh, episode on that. <laughs> so I, 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 I designed a patient care equipment database and I put mm. it I, um, using some software and, and it became pretty cool, cool thing, a standard and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and healthcare companies started using it. And I'm like, oh, well, the software thing is new and interesting to me. Maybe I'll get yeah. into software yeah. and database management. I tried something a little different and and I joined another startup. That startup was acquired by a big company, a big software okay. company, and 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 that seems to be a little bit of a story. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I wanted to get back and and the whole management consulting stuff. So I went back to school for you know for management and everything else like that. And and and, and that was fine. And I just wanted yeah. a different perspective. And you know it's uh, and, and it's good. And that's kind of like the story here. And um, but the appeal is that you're doing something where. We're making things. We're growing a company. You have to wear all these hats at pretty much right. exactly the same time. It's uh, that's the cool part. That's neat. What um, what's been one of your favorite courses to play fling golf on? Oh my goodness! Um, so absolutely love American Classic because it's yeah. a fun place to play. It's fun. It's all about fun. Uh, I like Massanutten because they mm-hmm. do the same thing. It's fun. It's different. They're a different challenges there we have some local courses up here in in new england that are exemplify the beauty of the location there are marshes yeah. they're right on the ocean so i can't really call anyone out uh, any single sure, course sure. because so many are beautiful um especially in the fall the the, the colorful areas of of new england main courses up in mm-hmm. sunday river mm-hmm. is staggering you have the mountains in the background um you you know, you have to you have to drive very quickly to get away from the, the bears that come onto the course also. <laughs> so there are some additional hazards that people don't think about. <laughs> so, so that's kinda that's kinda fun. Yeah. Uh playing in different courses in 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 and around Southern California has been also beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a couple in in, in in Florida. So we've gotten out, we've played at different yeah, places. Yeah. I, I think I think the goal is to just get out there and have fun and appreciate the appreciate the course, what they try and do. That's mm-hmm. um, that's we've just kind of fallen in love with a different kind of yeah. different kind of aspect. 
there um there are any courses that you haven't played yet that you're itching to get to whether big name or uh or maybe a place you haven't played before i would love to play on some courses in hawaii and you've probably mm. seen some recently. You got some guys who have yeah. Jake was just posting. Uh, we're, we're recording this in there. July, and Jake had uh, Jake Anderson uh, posted a few of his videos from uh, from some courses there. Yeah, there's another guy out there, Henry or Hank Hank um, mm-hmm. Tech. He's playing and I, I, playing over by the side of a volcano. Yeah, uh, that's an experience. That's yeah. so so. That's when I think of playing on different courses. I'm looking at the whole experience. What is the mm-hmm. beauty of the course? And, you know, um, I played in Arizona and they're mm-hmm. beautiful courses and uh, some are very arid. Um, mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Um, it, it just, just go out and, and, and play, but you know, it's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was, um, I took a trip to um, San Antonio um, with uh, my father-in-law and brother-in-law um, a couple of weeks before the tournament and um, I had lived there for five years, but I think I'd played regular golf on a couple of the public courses. Again, I, w- I was not, not even, I think a hat golfer would be offended by me saying that that's what I was <laughs> with that. But uh, we played uh, at the quarry, which is an old quarry that they had converted into commercial space. So when I lived there, I'd been, uh, been there to the movie theater or some of the shops there, uh, but they've got nine holes down into the quarry so you're surrounded by these cliffs they've got some beautiful homes and townhouses around that but um, really makes for a, a really cool setting uh, and it's unique but it's also like you can you can come across uh, some some great some great courses uh, wherever um, wherever you are I think that's one of the things that I'm really appreciative about the sport is that we've been on golf courses that we would have otherwise never visited because we don't play and um, and being able to, to have a fling stick and feel comfortable out there. Like I'm not going to hurt anybody. Um, I'm not going to spend hours looking for the balls that I've lost. I'm not going to get frustrated <laughs> that I can't actually participate to a, not even, it's not even a competitive level. It's just like getting the ball from one place to another with a club was just an incredible challenge and doing it with a fling stick um, is, uh, it's just not only more fun, uh, but, uh, but, just that much, much. It, uh, it allows a, a level of enjoyment of some beautiful courses um, that uh, that we wouldn't have otherwise had. So you you hit the nail on the head with one of the other things. We also recognize the fact that I, I think the players have spoken. The players have proven. The players are the doers. People, and especially the twin golfers, now go to more golf courses than they would have gone to as golfers. They're playing mm-hmm. a lot more. They're playing more rounds. They're introducing their family and friends. They're getting out there. So we don't know what our impact is overall in the golf industry. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we know a fact, if you look in the player, if you look in these, these, the players' forums and whatnot, the amount of people are getting out there. They're contributing back to the industry. They're, they're getting out. They're having a great time. They're playing a lot more rounds. That's truth is that's economic viability from right. you know, this level of a statement, and that's fantastic. We've had we've had players who have actually signed up for a lot of players who signed up for golf memberships. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, that they're like, I never would have thought of that before. I'm not as a golfer, I didn't care about it. I play maybe once a year, twice a year mm-hmm. at the very most. I'm playing every couple of days now. That's 
that's pretty awesome validation for us to hear. Absolutely. My thanks again to Steve Bloom for joining today's episode of the Future of the Fairway podcast. What a treat it was to chat and to catch up. Be sure to, to subscribe to the pod wherever you find yourself listening. I'd also appreciate any five-star ratings that you're happy to, to share uh, if you feel so inclined. New episodes drop every Tuesday, and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss one. Next week, I'll be joined by President of New Swarm, John Prulich, and we'll spend a good bit of our time talking about the Shark Tank experience and episode, so you'll definitely want to be here for that. Finally, Future of the Fairway is produced by Adam Copeland, recorded via the Riverside.fm platform, edited and distributed via the Anchor.fm app, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast, please contact us at fotfpod.com slash contact. That's fotfpod.com slash contact. If you have any ideas for upcoming episodes or any questions, please use the contact form as well to submit those. Thanks again for listening to the Future of the Fairway podcast. Happy flinging to you.